0: You're listening to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast from two best friends dissecting slasher movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson.
1: And my name is B. McKenzie. Every two weeks, we will bring you a brand new episode where we dissect a slasher film from top to bottom.
0: We will look at the movie as a whole, going over the story, the casting, music choices, go kill by kill, and then rank it on how well it succeeds as a slasher film.
1: You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Screaming Cast or by searching Keep Screaming. You can find me online at bee. that's B-E-E, not B-E-E-A, and Ryan at Ryan Larson. This week, we are dissecting 1987's Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2, directed by Bruce Pittman. But first, our pop culture check-in.
0: We are also so excited to be joined by guests Hannah Mae Cumming, and Emma Cogan, co-founders of Monstrous Film Films
1: uh we're so excited to have you guys uh why don't you introduce yourselves
2: hi guys um thank you so much for having us on we're super super excited um we're monstrous femme films we're a queer feminist horror collective and right now our focus is making on uh progressive horror shorts and um yeah we our main mission really is to carving out a space for queer women in the horror uh, genre And um, yeah, we love talking about everything horror-related, but also our focus is kind of creating ethical, creative space for people like us to create our art.
3: Yeah, we have released two short films, uh, Sex Positive, Neo Giallo, Fanatico, which you can see on Alter, and a retro summer camp creature featurette, Camp Calypso. And we are currently in pre-production on our next film, heavily inspired by uh, the film we're talking about today, uh, and it's called Baby Fever, and it's a '70s prom night pro-choice body horror.
0: I love all those like adjectives used to describe every, all the all of the shorts that you guys have, and <laughs> the they're favorites. so accurate. I know we covered uh, Camp Calypso, uh, Ghastly Um I think I think Molly uh, reviewed it actually. Uh, who is a former guest of the podcast as well? Yes, is um, Molly
1: Henry, who has a. Um, why am I blanking on what that's called? A monthly. A blog. No. Oh, monthly. Well, she has a monthly
0: column. Yeah. A monthly uh, column. That's so the one, yeah. It's called <laughs> um,
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. She's, she's in
2: line. Yeah. Yeah, With... she's super cool. We we feel like she very much coined the, the subgenre of what baby fever is going yeah. to be and so um she also lives in the same state as us which is very cool
1: oh that's I didn't great know that. we love her yeah yeah she's so uh, sweet
0: i know she has one of the rare comfy monstrous femme um decks, so <laughs> i'm always jealous yes. when i see her post that the so yeah. Raya, we need to get our hands <laughs> on some well, everyone's just like they're so comfy. I'm like, cool, I don't have one. Thank you for thank you for sharing. <laughs> You're like, can't relate. No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, are they comfy, it are it we know it? some
2: people. We might be able to, I don't know, talk to our people of uh, right. a yeah. Hookup.
0: <laughs> it's Molly, right? I'm just gonna take hers. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, Molly's the hookup and she has one and, and Molly is yeah. the hookup. She has one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's gonna be the sisterhood of hey, the traveling yeah. sweatshirt. Yeah yeah
0: exactly Molly, I okay to the it's Hannah my and turn we need to they say say that, yeah they said you have to share so
1: <laughs> like wait what why is to smell <laughs> yeah,
0: you smell. can't wash it either so
2: everything dissolves as soon as you wash it um,
1: <laughs> you don't smell uh, i don't know i rude. i'm just kidding he doesn't okay. smell
0: i take so many showers and i he like bath showers it's a
1: compulsive shower and yeah bath bather bather
0: bather yeah bather, bather. Sure. take baths yeah, i take a lot of baths i'm a big fan of the, the bath best. get the lush love bath, it mom. yeah Ooh. candles I-,
1: I called him the other day just because i needed to like you know just chat some stuff out with my bestie and i'm like why is it so echoey i'm like Are you "In the bath and he's like yeah like, oh, Okay. <laughs>
0: It's like you're on my uh, jbl speaker right now because i was oh. listening to music and then i answered the phone so there you go uh so Sometimes at the beginning of our
1: conversations yeah
0: uh at the beginning of every episode we do a pop culture check-in where we kind of just talk about stuff that we've watched recently or read or whatever pop culture stuff um so you guys feel free to join in um on this as well um and i'll go ahead and just kickstart i mean last week was my birthday two weeks ago now two weeks ago was my birthday Um, happy birthday happy birthday thank you Uh, i turned 33 yeah it's an insignificant age it's weird so in our like very tight-knit group of friends i am the oldest um and it's just strange because if you know our friends like i do not seem like the oldest at all <laughs> uh well,
1: like then seems
0: like the oldest yeah, Bee's husband definitely seems like the oldest and like you know he obviously had two children. My best friend Jared—that's whose birthday dinner B was at tonight. He has a child. They had like in the house with his wife Lindsay. They all seem older than me, but I am the oldest for some reason. um So it's just <laughs> birthdays are always weird for me because it's a reminder of like, hey, you're older than all these guys, and I'm like, oh yeah, right
1: in your mind. Uh, yeah, that's what the world's telling you. Yeah. There it's we better.
0: go. Uh, hey, I live in LA. It's super hipper, or whatever. Um, yeah, it's super. Very hip cool. To be very cool. Yeah.
1: And without a wife or kids.
0: Yeah, I have three roommates. You know, so um, one <laughs> that's of the, the LA I, do too. Yeah. I also
1: have three roommates. And Come here's, on. Like,
0: two of them don't even pay. It's rude.
1: They don't. It's really rude.
0: Um, but so I went up to Sacramento to see everyone. because um, at this, at my age of thirty-three, um, what I like to do on my birthday now is just hang out with my friends and see the babies um so that that's what i did and then um i mean i did watch stuff but all i really want to mention is the Scream 5 trailer dropped today um and i refuse to call it scream because it just makes no sense to me it's five cream yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you can't he's
1: like you just replace the s with a five i'm like you can't
0: i just Um, can't can't do it
3: craven would have
0: um, he I mean, Craven <laughs> probably would have, he would have been like, fuck it, let's do it. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I've yet to, I've, it, I keep calling it Scream 5 because I understand it's called Scream, it, but like, no, it's either calling that or scream. call it Scream 22. It's not scream. It's scream 5. Yeah, uh, like, I'm not calling it, like, I've seen it already referred to as Scream 22, just like we all have to refer to it's Halloween wrong. as Halloween 2018, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to call it Scream 5. Um. Yeah. Has everyone seen it? Because I don't want to talk about it if people are yes. dodging it. Yeah, we watched watch I, it this
3: morning. <sighs>
2: yeah, Hannah and I had like I, a really long conversation. We walked to get coffee and the only thing we talked about on the way there and on the way back was the trailer and our thoughts on it.
3: I actually, I woke up this morning and I had like four texts from four different people telling me it was out because they yeah. all knew that I was yeah. waiting.
0: I, I, so I love
1: I don't that. watch trailers.
0: Yeah, but you I have see,
1: yeah. I've not seen a trailer for Halloween Kills yet. Yeah, when don't. it comes on TV, I do this, and I blab like a little kid, and then my husband says, okay, it's over.
0: See, I try my best, but, like, now that I'm going back to theaters, too, it's just, like, impossible because mm. I'm not going to get up
1: mm. and, like, get The out temptation. The you just you close your eyes, you go, la, la, la I just la, la, don't
0: care la. enough because, like, as much as people <laughs> yeah. are like, trailer spoil everything, they don't. Mm. Like, they really don't. It's 40 seconds, a minute, and 30 seconds of a movie. Like, as much as people want to complain about them spoiling, I understand that there's an element of surprise to things. There are things in trailers. Like, yes, would I have loved to have seen Spider-Man for the first time in Civil War without knowing about it? Absolutely. The chances of that not leaking on the internet, slim to none. I understand why Marvel did what they did. Get the mm-hmm. fan reaction trailer. Um, same with, like, Pet Cemetery. Would I love to have no not known that they were going to do the switcheroo? Yeah. But, like, yeah. also didn't ruin the movie for me, and, like, you know, I know See, the directors have I no to, watch that trailer. to me. Um... So b i won't spoil anything that no probably... i watched it oh so you did Long Long okay
3: yeah the we've, we've, we've been waiting <laughs> 10 years for this i mean come on i uh, had to yeah. i yeah.
1: couldn't i couldn't handle it i lasted until about three o'clock today and i was like "Fuck." I okay, fine,
0: I'm god yeah, it. damn I, it gotta watch it i did have that like <laughs> minute debate in my head like should i and then i was like of course i'm going to um everything about it i'm in love with already like i'm so confident in this team obviously uh when west passed and you know oh. like it's that that they're such a little tight-knit family over there and like i know that i was faithful because one i love ready or not um and so like fair. i knew mm-hmm. that radio silence was gonna kill it and two i know nev and courtney and david would not sign on if they didn't think it was great uh and if they didn't that's it fair
3: Kevin Williamson wouldn't have
0: done it. Right, yeah, and Kevin wouldn't have either. And so, like, the fact that they all came back on board, I was like, okay. And the trailer just, like, solidified everything for me. I just was like, I am so... I wish it was January. Like, I just want to fast forward because I just... So many parts of that trailer, I was just like, oh, Like, Gail Gail and Sid together, I just like, oh my god. Uh, Salt and pepper dewy, yes, please. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And... Um, and then just like when when Sydney sees Ghostface and he's like Sydney Prescott, it's an honor. I was like, oh fuck, like yes, like <laughs> chill. Oh me. my god, yeah, yeah, that was the best
1: part of the trailer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love that That was
1: part. the only part that got me was that segment. Gail like screaming out in like agony, and I'm like, ah oh, fuck, Dewey's dead, which was my first thought. And then the whole yeah, Sydney Prescott, it's an honor, and I was like. <sighs>
0: I'm, like, terrified okay. they're going to kill one of the trio. Um, they're going
1: to kill Dewey.
0: I that's, really think I mean, they might, too. That's what the I think they're going want to kill someone.
1: They're going to yeah. kill one of
0: them. And that's
1: yeah, to they,
3: they do, right? They're not going to kill Kills.
0: If they kill Cindy, don't. Oh. Dewey has oh what cheated if they do? Death.
3: He's cheated death no. in every film. At this point, he's on Let's his get him. fifth life. Yeah. Get him out.
0: <laughs> no, I just want him to be, like, I want him to be, like, um. Tyrese and ludicrous and Fast and Furious Nine just well aware that he has like avoided death somehow and like, just, like this, and then at it. just
1: <laughs> in space going, We shouldn't
0: be here. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. And then I want place. Screen Five to go to space finally. The Screen franchise, oh and my god, now. like Jason um, X, but go Space yeah. X, Leprechaun Four. <laughs> um, Hard pass. but uh, no, I mean, I'm so excited. I love, I mean, I obviously love all the new cast when you put uh. When you put uh, Jack Quaid and Jenny Ortega and uh, Kyle Gallner in a movie together. I mean, like, sign me the fuck up right mm-hmm. away. So, uh, oh, by the way, Is feel, Ka- free, feel free to it? curse. Oh, Kyle's in it. He's in the trailer. <laughs> what? I don't
1: remember he's, seeing him in the trailer.
0: He's the one who goes over to his car, like, the headlights shine on him, and then he oh, walks over to his car. Oh, was that Kyle? Yeah, oh, it's Kyle. Um, so, um... Girl. Yeah, and then
1: I what's mean, the kid from Goosebumps and uh Dylan Minnette. Oh, right?
0: Dylan Minnette. Yeah. In yeah. yeah. his little
1: Dylan bleached hair. Are you
0: yeah. ready for that oh look, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to do gotta, that to Ryan. She's going to bleach my hair. I, <gasps> yeah. I, really?
2: Oh, my God. Hey, at the age I'm of 33,
0: I'm just like, again. fuck it. Whatever. I, I mean, why, why not? not 33 yes. is
3: the new 23. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah. I'm about it. Um So... Mm. So that's, I just wanted to, I had to, we bring up Scream on every podcast. So like I had to bring it I up. I mean, it's this like, is a yeah. big yeah. moment. Well, let's, let's it's Scream a big,
1: bombing. I saw this yeah. meme and I was cracking up and it was like these people in a pool and it was like somebody drowning and then a person and they were like saving another. So it's three people in the pool. One was drowning, One, the other person was being saved. So the person being saved was the Scream 5 trailer. The person drowning was Halloween Kills.
0: Ow. And then on the bottom
1: of it, it was like underwater as a skeleton, Chucky premiering tonight.
2: Ooh, that's so true, though. Oh, I'm, I'm so like, sorry, Chucky. I know.
1: Chucky. And I'm like, it's so sad oh because my God. we've just, it's October. We're yeah. going to be, it's like the one month when you saturated <laughs> with exactly yeah. what we want. What and I think,
0: only, I'm pretty sure, uh, I know you did last summer it hits this week too. There's Nobody's talking about it.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, that's like under the skeleton. That's that's under like the, uh, under the that's like in the sand. On top of it, yeah. Exactly. In this event,
1: oh. nobody, I keep seeing people like, oh, Chucky, I'm like, yeah, so excited. I'm like, but also they're rebooting I Know What You Did as a series, and that comes up Thursday.
2: And I think don't I've heard like one thing about it. them
1: both. Yeah, no Good, decent, I yes. Know. I am course course got super to. excited about it.
0: <laughs> uh, Very I'm, excited. We're we're fans of all Kevin Williamson properties on this podcast. We do not dis- mm-hmm. discriminate. The Vampire whatsoever. Diaries. That was oh favorite yeah! Show I mean, up. delicious. It's fantastic. B and I bought uh, the Salvatore Brothers, Brothers. Bourbon. They bought. They made bourbon in real life, so we bought it and tried it out. It's very mm-hmm. good. Oh my god! If Does that exist
2: mean. still, or was it like exclusive?
0: No, no. It no it's it, they just made it. It's called Brothers. Bond. Oh yeah
1: oh my yeah. goodness it's very good like you can drink it straight yeah don't mind if i do <laughs> yeah uh we were surprised we're like oh okay cool like you can actually drink this it's not Yack. something that you have to drown in coke
0: because it's like uh, it's like mid like shelf but it was like it's high it's upper mid shelf. it's like
1: what 50 bucks it's
0: 40 bucks yeah
1: not bad yeah it's not bad
2: it's fun it's a fun yeah. little treat it's tasty <laughs> and
1: also vampire diaries also paul
2: wesley so there you go. I mean, no excuse. You're just gonna leave
0: the <laughs> insammerhalder out of this. Like you're just like, oh, everything. And guy, <laughs> he had Bye. his moment.
1: He did have his moment. He wins in the end. Spoiler alert. But I think
3: I'm the only person on the planet who is team Stefan. Honestly. <gasps> no. Yeah. I re- I was away. Oh, you were? Okay. Yes. yes. Oh, Seriously. absolutely.
0: To... Yes. Yeah. We get our yeah. stuff
3: yeah. And stands in this house. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: my mom back in like when I was really obsessed in like twenty fourteen, my mom met Ian Summerhalder and Nina Dobrev on a plane and they both wrote me letters and yeah, and I have them framed somewhere. That's <gasps> but that was like the what? prime of my life i think i've, I, I've never been happier
0: you peaked
1: I,
2: yeah <laughs> that was it i'm like I'm
3: excited right now for you
1: seven was seven years ago like i'm excited for you right now that's amazing. so crazy <laughs> yeah love that show kevin kevin williamson like love him genius yeah so much oh. he's a genius
0: 100 um well, B, yeah, what, what, what's what's your check-in
1: I mean, I think my biggest news would be we've got a projector. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's big news.
0: And how big is it? Uh,
1: I mean, I don't know if, what the max capabilities. We have a 120-inch screen, and it's crystal clear 4K and 120 inches. And it's like, oh, like,
2: ridiculously nice. <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> like, we
1: it's seriously like we got it all set up and i then my husband ben was like uh it still looks good like let's back it up a little bit and we just kept backing up and just still looks so good so we've maxed out on our screen (laughs) i think we're gonna try and get a 150 inch screen and see how it looks but uh we watched uh the only full movie we've watched some game like we're big football people so we Tried to watch the games during the day, and it just, it didn't work. Uh, Sunny House, California just didn't do us justice for the football games during the day. Uh, But the time night rolled around, we threw on Paranorman, um, which Liam is, like, super into right now, and I'll never fight an excuse to watch Paranorman. Um, And then when he went to bed, we put on Halloween 2. So that's how we broke in the projector. Very cool to sit outside in my backyard and feel like I'm at the drive-in, watch Halloween 2. Genuinely felt like seeing the movie on the big screen. Uh, it's the oh, only way I don't want to watch movies now. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it was super great. We had a few friends over who were over for the games and decided to stay over. And, yeah, I, we're going to do Halloween Kills on Friday. We're going to set it all up do a big like drive-in style movie at the house Um, yeah
0: i keep forgetting it's it's
1: yeah so it's friday and it comes out on paramount plus which i'm really thankful for because Mm -hmm. i mean at this time in my life like one like i mean i'm fully vaccinated so i'm not too worried about going out thankfully but like going out for a lot of people is still like nerve-wracking not the most Mm -hmm. exciting thing to do but i have a three-month-old and I have a two and a half year old. So going to the movies means I go alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it means that I have to coordinate a babysitter, and it's just it's a lot to be able to see a movie. So the the fact that they're making these films available at home is just so spectacular. somebody like me who doesn't, I just don't have the opportunity to go to the theater very often.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
3: I think I I saw Jason Blum mentioning that, like, he regretted releasing Freaky only in theaters. And he wanted to take a more inclusive approach with Halloween Kills, which I think is great. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, I
1: do, too. There's a lot of people are so uncomfortable with being in public spaces and not knowing if you... I mean, we live in California, we, I, Sacramento and I know LA too, as like implemented, like mask mandates indoors. So like we live in very like COVID protocol areas, Ryan and I do. So Mm. if I go to the movie, yeah, you have to wear a mask and it is very strict about those things. A lot of people don't live in areas that are strict about that stuff. And if they're uncomfortable with being out in public without those type of protocols enforced, mm-hmm. they're not going to want to go to the movies.
0: And yeah, that's exactly. Something
1: which is, I mean, completely acceptable. So the fact that, like, they're not ostracizing people. And God, when Freaky came out, we didn't have... Sacramento did not have a movie theater open. It was only the drive-in. So I couldn't... I didn't have the option to even see that movie. And it mm-hmm. was a new slasher, which is literally my favorite genre. Mm -hmm. Via Blumhouse, which, I mean, if you're a modern horror family, like, you love Blum. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even an option. So, yeah, the fact that they're going, hey, maybe we did Freaky a little wrong. Like, they did. That's an excellent movie.
2: It is. They did do it dirty.
1: They did it dirty. Mm -hmm. They did it dirty. They did Um, us dirty. They did all of us (laughs) dirty. Uh, Ryan, I know Michael Kennedy, the screenwriter, and... He, yeah. His first film should have done better. He
2: mm-hmm. yeah. deserves he's, better for he's that. He's so sweet. I feel like yeah. Freaky, also just an incredibly well done movie. Like, probably my favorite new release from last year, honestly. Um, and, I don't know. They had There was so much heart that went into that movie from that team, and I just, I'm glad that people still were obsessed with it in the long run, but I do agree. I, I feel like people would be even more obsessed early on when it came out. And they were still, they would still be able to feel that newness uh, with the people that went to see it in the theater. um, Had it come out that way.
1: And you have to imagine it's got to be hard to be somebody who like puts out a film like that, puts all this hard work in and then they push Halloween, they push Candyman, but they decide to still release your film. That's got to hurt.
2: Like, Mm -hmm. It. Yeah. Or you're the Chucky series, and you're trying really hard to promote yourself. Everyone loves you, but no one's paying attention because there's so much happening at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Rye, you're muted.
1: You're muted again. (laughs) There you go. No! Stop! (laughs) Go back! (laughs) okay you're unmuted
0: okay 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 don't touch it i think we're moving towards a more just inclusionary um movies in general like uh i think like festivals are going to be very different um i and like i think because what this did do is covid pushed an awareness onto distributors and um, mm-hmm. like in th- Hollywood in general of it's it, like j- beyond safety, um, it's, and beyond people's like comfortability levels. Cause I, I also like, I, I love going to the movies, but I also really love being able to like post up on a Friday night in the comfort of my home. Um, and like, that's why I have a big TV and a nice soundbar. Um, but I also like what we've seen, I think is the realization of accessibility, um, from numerous things like uh physical limitations um and also fiscal limitations um Mm -hmm. because it becomes a lot more feasible um for one moviegoers like let's say like b and ben who have a family of four to take taking four people to the movies or in a house and being able to watch the movie from the comfort of their home and not paying for the children to go out and not paying for popcorn and all these things. Or even just like there were movies that were released during the pandemic. That's like, let's be honest, like, you know, um, we probably all didn't want to pay $20 to go see bloodshot, but when we're all splitting it six bucks each way, like we're going to see bloodshot, but that means that's one that's, even that is one more purchase than it would have gotten the four of us not going. Um, so there's that. And, um, and I think festivals too, it's a huge thing. Um, Coming from a horror journalism background, I have felt for a long time that festivals are very elitist um, and Mm -hmm. and classist, and it's like if you don't have a lot of money and the availability to, if you either don't have a big, big, um, you know, put that in quotes, uh, journalist like site or um, like you know magazine to send you then you're then paying you out of pocket to, it, mm-hmm. yeah you're paying out of pocket and you're not just paying out of pocket you're also not going to work for nine days or ten days or whatever um so yeah. it's just like it's not very it's just not very realistic and i think what COVID has done is like made people realize that and there's a lot of festivals um uh, especially in, in our preferred genre um that have really embraced that um night and uh boston and um or Salem and um, Chattanooga. I think I really like applaud Mm -hmm. a lot of those guys for just like fully, fully embracing that. Um, So I think that's, I think that's just the general direction we're going. And I personally am am very excited about it because I like the option. I'm going to go see Halloween Kills in the theater, but I'm also probably going to watch it like four times at home. (laughs) So absolutely. uh, Yeah. And so like, I I like having the, uh, like the options and I like, like B said, I like that Be who I would have to literally like sneak to Sacramento and watch her children for her so she could go to the movies um is actually going to be able to watch and we'll be able to talk about it so
1: yeah well that's a hard part too where like I'm not separate from the pop culture narrative I I'm not just a regular person who enjoys movies like I'm very much in it I host a podcast that talks about movies I'm very active on Twitter so when I'm limited by not being able to see these releases right when they come out I'm excluded from that narrative because of like my life situations and that I'm like at the very top of people who like it's just an inconvenience for me to go there's a lot of people who are genuinely like going to the theater is not really an option and so I just love that and I hope That it doesn't take a worldwide pandemic in the future to be, like, make cinema accessible for a variety of Mm -hmm. people. I, something that's very important to me is, like, deaf culture. And, I mean, it's incredibly exclusive to go to the movie theater when you're deaf uh Mm -hmm. most theaters do not offer open captions and if they do it's like in the if they do it's for select screenings in the middle of the day um and by offering these films at home uh, people who are deaf are able to be part of the narrative of these films and as much as it's bittersweet to be part of the Twitter culture and and pop culture. It's also a beautiful thing to be able to pop on the internet and instantly be able to talk about your experiencing a film. And mm-hmm. you miss out on that if if going to the theater is not something that's really practical for you. Yeah, I love, I'm so excited to see *Halloween Kills*. So excited that it's coming to homes that I can watch it at my house. I can't wait. The slashers are back!
3: Oh, <laughs> finally so they're joyous. back. Finally. When finally, are they uh finally. gonna reboot Mary Lou? Though that's my question. Dude, <laughs>
0: prom Mary night, Lane, Hills. I'm. I'm all about prom another. Night is ripe. Remake. Yeah, let's yes. do it. Um, yeah, do you the ox have... boom
1: of remakes. Yeah. We need a. We need a 2020 what? remake. And prom night was done dirty. In the aughts, yeah. and yeah. me—it really yeah. was. It that was so dirty.
2: Unfortunate, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah we covered it. I couldn't believe it. the original, <laughs> so this
1: it. will be our third prom night. We've covered the original. We covered the remake, and this will be our our third prom night. And
3: whoo Yes, it and says. we're a big old... I was so excited to hear that no one had done this one yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> tried we're to. eighty.
3: We...
1: 81 films? I think this will be our 81st. Yeah. Year. wow. We're
0: picky, we're picky with our franchise stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything you guys watched this week that you wanted to highlight before we jump into the movie?
2: Ooh. Um, last night, I was able to show Hannah and our roommates, one of my favorite films, and it's also very topical with um, the film that we're making because uh, this is very much... Well, I would say it's a womb horror, but it's also a tech horror um, I don't know if you guys have seen Demon Seed, but <laughs> it's so good. It's literally like, it was honestly, this is my second time watching it. It's been on Hannah's watch list forever too. And so um, we, gosh, I mean, since we moved in, we've known each other for a very long time, but we moved in with each other like, I don't know, like almost half a year ago. And it's been so nice because we just have like movie nights constantly. And we're just, we're just knocking out the watch list, you know, day in, day out. Um, and so we finally got to Demon Seed and that was really fun to watch together uh, because it's just absolutely insane. And the Demon oh, Seed yeah. baby is personally my favorite demon horror baby I've ever seen in my life because it's so ridiculous. Um, it's one of my favorite endings. <laughs> uh, Dean but yeah, Kuntz, so-
0: like something about Dean Kuntz translations to films are always like baffling to me. It's. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, he's one of those authors that like. It's just like I. I don't know. Like they're always just. Um. They're really quirky. Like everything that they are. The film. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so... kind of like. Crichton too. Like outside of Jurassic Park. Like everything Crichton ever did. Like no one could exactly like get. Crichton down and I feel like Koontz is very similar Mm -hmm. like whereas King runs rampant and we have lots of like really good stuff like um I feel like Koontz is something that's it's kind of all over the place
2: you never know what you're going to get but you're typically happy when you get it you're maybe a little confused (laughs) but you're like I don't know if I was expecting that yeah at the very very least you have
0: fun right you know so yes um, 100 percent Soul Survivor was based on a Kuntz thing, you know. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Phant- Phantoms, Odd Thomas with with Anton. So like, there's some good oh, stuff in there.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, that was a really fun one. It's very much like a, I don't know. On one hand, it feels very serious uh, and traumatic. But on the other hand, you're like, this is a, it's basically a bootleg Alexa from the past on a wheelchair with a hand and a whole. I loved it. <laughs>
0: I love seeing tech um, in old movies, even in the, oh my God, it, we do even too. In the one we're covering today, like it always yeah.
2: cracks. me. yes, I forgot that is actually a thing that happens in the movie we're doing today too.
0: Yeah, evil speak always gets me. I'm like it, like that would be cracks my shit up. I'm just like this is. So
2: Ooh, crazy. I haven't seen that, but it's it's on the watch list.
0: There you go, um, Hannah. Anything you wanted to add in?
3: Oh God, well. After we watched *Demon Seed*, we watched *Ice Cream Man*, which everyone on Twitter is <laughs>
0: another always... <laughs> Clint Howard movie. Just talking about Clint Howard today. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's
3: always talking about it um, on Twitter, so we were just like, "Let's do it." I hadn't seen it. I think Emma had seen it before, but mm-hmm. I pleasantly surprised that like Olivia Hussey's in it and David Naughton, oh, uh, who I just Hussey. met at Crypticon mm-hmm. recently, and he was charming. Um, so yeah, that was fun and weird. <laughs>
0: yeah it's night. a weird one. confusing night but confusing
2: yeah. double feature but loved it <laughs> no, that's
0: great. i love that you guys are knocking out some of the some of the old ones you know like oh, the yeah. more that's i love horror so much because we get some so much of it but i feel inundated sometimes i'm like i mean we just talked about how much is coming out. i still have like decades of back catalog that i gotta catch up
2: on <laughs> there's and, so much to work through but i don't know I guess thanks to the pandemic we have a lot of time on our hands to do so
3: <laughs> i am really scared about the day that I will have run out of '80s horror movies to watch, like I, 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 I feel like life that's life. that day is coming.
0: <laughs> it will happen when you're like fifty, because yeah. like
3: one of our close friends is going
1: through, and the producer of this podcast is going through, just slashers specifically Ugh. of the '80s, and he's on '84,
0: right? The year, 84 slashers, the year 1984, not '84 slashers. The year 1984. He's
1: probably oh my to, and he's been doing this for years oh my
2: god well
1: so we better I've, get
3: to work i've got, I've got some time yeah it's you've so got so time <laughs> trust me. and the as long as like
0: severin and vinegar around like they keep yeah, just pulling movies just... out of nowhere I'm like, like yeah, hey we found made this made in or... someone's basement it's like half a movie and we made it into a whole movie i'm like it i, counts. I, watched, I watched grizzly 2 the other day that's exactly what they did with that movie it's like 20 minutes of footage <laughs> of actual footage and then like 40 minutes of like nature doc footage and like concert footage it is wild Wait,
3: really yeah, you, i need oh, to see have, that no I you have to watch
0: it, it it's called grizzly too yeah um like literally uh they filmed there's probably like 26 minutes of actual filming and the rest is just like in stuff and like nature doc stuff it is so interesting and george clooney's in it and charlie sheen is in it oh. and laura dern they're all in laura. it for like two Ugh. minutes though and they, but that's how they suck you in because they—they're yeah. in the first, mm-hmm. they're the first scene. Your turn. Yeah, and you're like, oh, oh my god, god, all these people, and then for the rest of the movie, but, it's like um, the
2: hunger with David Bowie, where he's just like in it, and then he's gone. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, but what's his name? Um, oh god, the guy who plays Gimli. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Jonathan Reese Davies. No, is that the other one? I can't remember. But he's in it, and he plays like a mountain man Thor type character, and it's. Interesting. um yeah so definitely check out grizzly 2 that needs to be on your list um yes but we are not talking about grizzly 2 today we are here to discuss hello mary lou prom night 2 uh prom night was the haunting of hamilton high the title they went with Mm -hmm. is much better (laughs) Uh, well
1: i mean the only reason it's hello mary lou prom night 2 is because the film was done they're like oh wait Prom Night was actually successful let's like bootleg on that and I uh, love when try when and carry do that, that over though. yeah and they're like yeah so they did two reshoots to do the whole opening sequence when we're showing the high school that's the same uh, and they're like okay cool uh, and then one other shot um i forget what it is uh yeah they do one other thing to tie in that it's prom night it's in the same universe and that's it and they're like okay cool it's prom night too
0: i love that i mean that's why goblin 2 exists or troll 2 um yeah troll 2 and then um... zombie
3: 2 right they did that
0: zombie yeah. 2 a lot i think a lot of the zombies and then there's lots of italian movies that do it the movie night ripper was dubbed texas chainsaw 3 in yeah. italy um, hilarious there's, yeah there's a bunch of evil deads over in china that yeah. have nothing to do with evil dead really? so, absolutely yeah, nothing. yeah wow evil, we've covered a, a few movies
1: that in other countries were dubbed sequels to like wasn't one of them like a sequel to suspiria what did we cover that was the sequel to suspiria
0: no idea it was a giallo
1: uh, one of the giallos we covered they tried to like peg as a sequel to Suspiria, and we're like
2: They're like that's not right okay sure <laughs> no
1: and like but they didn't even do re- at least this one did some reshoots those mm-hmm. it's like now we're just gonna slap a title on it and hope they go to the theater and are tricked
0: well i'm glad <laughs> that they decided to do that um if it, and the the title is just such a delight to say anyways <laughs>
1: yeah, it is,
0: is great um, um, our synopsis here decades after promiscuous teen Mary Lou Maloney dies during a prank gone wrong she returns as a spirit out for revenge and eager to punish the culprit her one time boyfriend Billy Nordham who is now the high school principal evil Mary Lou is perfectly content to kill other locals and she eventually possesses the body of prom queen contender Vicky Carpenter which allows her to wreck even more havoc um, I do, okay do you think the Carpenter, there's a Carpenter and a Craven. Do you think even this early on? and yes. Well, I guess it's later in the 80s. Yeah, those are like clear references. They're
3: all. Right? Mm-hmm. There's also yeah. a Hen and Lauder, I Kelly believe. Hen and Lauder, Monica so, Waters is John Waters. Um, almost every character in the film shares a last name of the cult film director. Uh, Wes
1: Craven, Stephen King, Romero, Todd Browning, Joe Dante, John Carpenter, John Waters, Frank Hen and
3: that's wow. so fun. I love that. It just shows how meta, meta the film is because it was, you know, it's like Carrie and Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's this fusion it's of so all meta. of these horror mm-hmm. films that were coming out only a few years before. So I feel like it was it was meta before Scream started really,
0: you
1: know, I mean, reinventing like horror. It's, it is. It very much feels like a fan letter to Craven. hmm
0: Mm-hmm. oh yeah super 100 so
2: much i mean especially nightmare yes a lot of the effects too if i gosh if i remember correctly i feel like there was someone on the special effects team that also did effects for nightmare and i feel like i i, I mean you might have to fact check me on that i think this is true <laughs> unless i made it up because i want it to be true but um <laughs> well, that that's specific it. like there's that chalkboard scene where Vicky gets sucked into this like pool of water chalkboard and it always reminds me of Nightmare um, and I think that there is some crossover there but um, you kind of see in every single aspect of the film like the special effects, the dialogue, the camp, the, you know, even the, the costumes, the kills. I mean the kills are really unique which I'm sure we'll get into later but um You can see all these little influences in almost every single department of the film that that made it, um, which I love. It's very immersive. I
3: I would say this is like gender-bender Freddy's Revenge. Like, it's Mm -hmm. so similar to Freddy's Revenge um, in, like, the possession and all that. So I would definitely say um, it's a love letter to Craven, for sure.
0: Mm A hundred
3: percent.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first time I watched it, I was like... Okay, like when did this movie come out like I need to know more about this story because it just like absolutely like screened Craven references and you know gave those vibes off which I mean that's what you're going to see in like a later 80s slasher. Um, I mean yeah. nightmare hope set the blueprint 100% and so that's always going to be a factor Uh so it's interesting to see how much of it is true inspiration from craven himself or following like a slasher blueprint where you're like well this is what you do to make a sasha movie you do this right. this and
0: this which mm-hmm. you know, craven helped set up mm-hmm.
1: when
0: it was so it's released october 16th 1987 so that's two years after freddy's revenge um so you know um and then i don't know when dream warriors is but i feel like they were busting those nightmare movies out pretty quick back then they were um, So I would sort guess they're cashing the same in time. on that, Freddie. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Dream
1: Warriors, eighty-seven. Let's
0: see. Uh, so same, February. So same year, it probably didn't like. But put it was too probably filmed. Men, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, budget of two point five, only made two point seven, which is a bummer. Um, and this movie, I feel like, would have done. Uh, this movie would have made its money back threefold at least in nowadays times, but. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, the 80s was just so, like, saturated, the market. Um, Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Dense. (laughs) Yeah, and so I guess Especially
1: at this time. By the time we hit 87, we were almost at a little bit of, like, the beginning of the fatigue starting. Mm -hmm. So unless you were, which, to this film's credit, it does deviate um, in an interesting way, but unless you were truly captivating were offering something slightly newer than just the, you know, rehashing of the slasher trope blueprints. It was fading in the box office by 87. I mean, by the time we hit the nineties, even the big guys were just floundering.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it was hard for someone new to come on the scene. Like there was so much competition mm-hmm. um, and I do have a feeling that people just weren't as interested in the prom night franchise. Um, And, you know, that was, you could see that because they later on in in the, you know, after prom night two, they kept the franchise going, but of course they, and then they did keep Mary Lou. So they kind of ran with that, but those movies are not as, not as fun in my opinion. Um, um,
1: Plum Night itself is not yeah. a very good slasher. It's, it's one yeah. of the first. 1980, it's a, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is a saving grace. That
0: yes. movie
1: just doesn't, just doesn't hit the way it should. Um so yeah, it it's because there, well i mean it way me.
0: because there's like a full 15 minute disco scene and i mean and like,
1: that's fine i mean and that's think, okay I, that's the best I'm part all about it it yeah. is the best part <laughs> i think that's what ryan and i discovered when we covered the film we're like i mean i love i also love that, like I mean, the disco scene i'm a big mm-hmm. fan of the
0: bumbling killer in that one like catch running to catch yeah. up in the van and stuff um mm-hmm. i mean this movie also came out you know two weeks after princess bride that's a rough time of competition back in 87 you know so
2: yeah can we really blame her Uh,
0: (laughs) um yeah rotten tomato score 59 uh based on 17 critic reviews that's and i always talk about too it's crazy to see like 17 critic reviews like nowadays it's like you go to rotten tomatoes it'd be like 50 minimum Uh on on something like this um yeah but we and
1: it's get... not easy. Ryan's approved critic. It's not easy to be approved as a It's also not critic.
0: easy to get your stuff published. Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. is not the best run website, y'all, if, in case you are wondering. Um, <laughs> I have numerous reviews that are just, like, sitting in an ether somewhere because Rotten Tomatoes is just like, we're down. And, like, yeah. you just can't publish things. And, it, and then they'll be like, if you send it to us, we'll publish it. And I'm like, all right, That's cool. It. Yeah. And I'm like, it might get there someday. Right. Um, But average rating of 5.3 out of 10. um, Kevin Thomas of the LA Times gave it a positive review. He praised Lion's performance and drew comparisons to Blue Velvet, adding, you don't have to take Hello, Mary Lou at all seriously, and it probably would be a mistake to do so. Certainly, it's not the deeply personal, highly idiosyncratic artistic level of the David Lynch film, but it's a splendid example of what imagination can do with formula genre material. I think that's a very... um, very good uh mm-hmm. portion to that review because i agree with um just like what you can do by with taking the formula. formula yeah with the formula and just like yeah 100 yeah. which
1: so many critics like lay into that like a little bit too hard and they're like oh it's a formula slasher it's a well, slasher slasher's a subgenre, and it becomes a slasher because of a formula so if it doesn't follow a formula it's not a slasher
0: um so like either of you two seen blue velvet because i haven't yeah is it like blue velvet (laughs) yeah i mean i think that there's definitely
2: some similarities um in in tone and and the approach and i think that also just particularly the um the way that you can like derive source material and turn it into something new and you can feel like it's very fresh while also feeling kind of nostalgic about it at the same time. Like you're like, I love this subgenre, but also this feels like a new take on it. Um, And I feel like you can definitely see that.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah, I I like what Richard Harrington of the Post said, "Uh, maybe derivative, but for the most part, it's clever enough to trade on its sources with humor and class. It's Peggy Sue Lives on Elm Street. Mm With dollops of Carrie, The Exorcist, and half dozen other genre stallards. which, yeah, I mean, it's very much using the formula but borrowing from the films of the past to make it mm-hmm. to interesting, it. yeah, yeah making yeah, totally. an interesting take on that formula. Um, um it got a lot of positive
0: reviews like it's interesting that it's only out of 59 i mean i mean it was i know you pulled yeah i uh,
1: pulled the ones that i thought made the best points all of the ones that were negative reviews basically said like oh it's formulaic it's a slasher movie
2: doesn't make it bad though
0: right
1: exactly but at the time that was bad like being a slasher movie was not it was a box office success but it didn't make it a critical success if anything Mm -hmm. it instantly meant that it was going to be negatively rated
2: yeah yeah for sure um there's something that hannah and i were kind of talking about earlier that i was really curious what you guys thought of this um but we were thinking about the ways that you know when you think about prom night 2 Again, like, all the reviews very much confirm it's formulaic for, formulaic, <laughs> formulaic. is what I was trying to say. Um, and, you know, there's so many parallels. I mean, she's, even as far as her, her strengths and abilities, is very much up there uh, with, you know, like, the gruesome foursome and um, our favorite slasher villains of that time. But it we were kind of thinking about the ways, even now, people receive Mary Lou versus how they receive other slasher villains like Michael Myers um, and Freddie and that kind of thing. Uh, and even though they're all very much formulaic and of the same sort of cloth, uh, Mary Lou is received a lot differently, Um, whether that's good or bad. Um I was kind of curious what you guys thought about how it is received compared to these other films
0: i mean i think it's i think we're seeing a turning of the tide which is happening with a lot of these movies that we're rediscovering um because i you know like uh, but also it's hard it's hard because horror especially like horror twitter and stuff is so insular and it's like an echo chamber and like you forget Mm. that like it's such a small subset of people um that so like when you start seeing people talk about like you know i've seen lots of people praise hello mary lou um i know sam weinman is a huge fan of this movie and like has been championing it for a couple years now too um and even our friend brennan loves this film um but like i think like i mean be pulled here like 2017 rebecca pale praised the film's special effects and acting deemed it a slasher masterwork uh, Jacob Knight of Coming Soon said it's uh, it's a shame it never became a bigger hit because it's an oft-forgotten gem of the horror genre, standing the test mm. of time nearly 30 years on. So I think we start to see like what happens. We'll retrospective. Start to see... Right. We see this like w- turnaround on things. Um, whether that's good or bad, I think some movies earn it and I think some don't and I do think we do it like I think we exist a little bit in a world where like we like there's we, we we tiptoe around, like, every movie's a good movie. It's like, no, no, there are still bad movies. Like, it's okay. It's <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, there can still be bad movies. Like, not, like, I'm sorry, like, Blair Witch 2 does not need to be some movie that we all turn around on. Like, it's just, like, it's <laughs> not. I'm sorry. Um, But I do think, like, when you look... I think movies like this where it's more something like accessibility again, this is something no one could find, right? Like, you either saw it in the 80s and you got lucky enough to stumble across it in the video store or you i don't know found a vhs somewhere you are a diehard horror fan that scrounds through fingo till you found the mention of mary lou and then found it but like the age we live in luckily this is i mean i when i went to look it up today to watch i was like this is on tubi voodoo and peacock all for free and i know it's and been on Shutter before yeah and so it's yeah. like well it's, well, it's on tmc plus age-
1: which is shutter essentially
0: Right, so we just exist in this age where, like, it's easier to, like, for, to, to find accessibility to these films, which is Mm -hmm. why I think we're seeing the turnaround, and, like, why, whereas, because I agree with you, like, you talk about our big four, it's just because they had the most money back then, Mm -hmm. like, they, they had the marketing, they had the money to push, like, they had the widest audience, um, and it, and so, but they had the widest audience because, They, you know, um, they were set up for success, whereas movies like this, like, it was harder to do. It came too
1: late because, you know, Nightmare, Texas, Halloween, all of those started as indie films that caught on and, you know, ended up making a production company a shit ton of fucking money. And Mm -hmm. that was, you know, lucky grabs for them. It just came too late in the boom. I mean, Prom Night was 1980 um seven years before they made the sequel that wasn't a sequel they just yeah. you know slashed the name on it because they're like well prom night." Mm. and night did fine it did it was a success for sure um if this had came out in 1982 1983 different story i think a lot more people would be familiar with mary lou as a killer and uh mm. it would be more beloved honestly and she would be you know probably would have uh saw this is a stronger film than the first one in my opinion for sure mm-hmm. um especially in the terms of a slasher bad timing yeah that's it yeah bad timing timing.
2: Mean, definitely a big part of it
1: yeah it came too late in the boom um I think... and who knows maybe being prom night was a disadvantage to it Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know what the culture was like then. I don't know how many people were more likely to watch this film six, seven years after the original because it said prom night on it. It doesn't seem likely to mm-hmm. me, but maybe, I don't know.
3: Right, I think it also was just really ahead of its time. Like, I see a lot of parallels with Mary Lou and Jennifer's body and the way that mm-hmm. Jennifer's body was received, uh, you know, In 2009 and now it's had this resurgence and jennifer and mary lou also have a lot of um, similarities in their character and their um role as an antagonist but also a protagonist and like an antagonist that you love um so i definitely think those films go hand in hand and because they were so ahead of their time were maybe disregarded back then but have now become beloved
0: Yeah,
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. people change, you know, like, I think that when when Mary Lou came out, it wasn't necessarily I mean, so many people look at her as this queer feminist icon, you know, including myself uh, now, but I don't think that that kind of character would have been very popular in the 80s. And I don't necessarily think it's entirely, you know, I think timing was a massive part of it. On paper, you could maybe say like, perhaps, you know, because she's, her characteristics are genuinely like less appealing to like some. There's something about the gruesome foursome, for example, that very much it's like they're masked killers, you know, or they're. I do feel like Freddie is still wearing a mask, even though he's mm-hmm. not wearing a mask. You know, yeah, it, it, mask. Yeah, that's there is something to that where it's like the mask is sort of cloaking this omnipotent evil. Um, and Mary Lou is very much out there. Um, she's a woman who is angry and sexual, um, things that women, especially then and still today, are demonized for even thinking and feeling and expressing outwardly. Um, and I think that that could be good and bad for some people like i think that that is part of the reason people love mary lou more and more each year now like that is a big part of the draw but also could potentially deter people back in the day and even today um from a character like that
0: oh for sure um and i think like horror has changed in our understanding of why we enjoy horror has changed and like Mm -hmm. i think people flock to horror now as a way a lot of it's a catharsis and sometimes it's scary to look at someone and relate to them like it's yeah. easy to look at Michael and Jason and Freddie and not relate to them and still have fun because you're like I don't relate to these guys and so like whatever they're mass murdering people but you look at Mary Lou and you're like I relate to this and she's a murderer um so like <laughs> oh I think, I think that deters people sometimes and like um so that's one thing and then also the 80s was just like just an era where people weren't ready to accept that kind of main character um at all and, mm-hmm. and and you know like unfortunately she probably did seem like people just probably didn't give it a chance you had to be a lot more selective back then it probably seemed derivative of carrie and of freddie it's like which are two like people you know carrie was a masterpiece from De Palma, and then freddie was a an icon and so it's like people even if you chanced upon the trailer for mary lou People probably were like i've seen this twice and probably better um which mm-hmm. you know it, it, everyone's gonna have their own opinions on that but like again I, I think a lot has just to do with the timing um like we said and just you know like again a, a whole different age you had to be a lot more selective about what movies you were seeing back then and and like b said it was at the end of the slasher um you know boom and um people were probably a little tired of slasher okay. so even more picky um about yeah me. like i i wish i should have before i jumped on like i should have gone and watched the trailer and seen how it was marketed um because mm. that's always something that like interest is it marketed as like you know a slasher movie as like because i i would feel like a lot of the tra- if i were to watch the trailer i feel like the vibes i get would be very carrie or Freddy. um so like i'd be interested to see that uh and one thing too i think that makes mary lou hard to she has no like she has a body but she doesn't because she's someone who possesses people and so she's jumping bodies a lot and so Mm -hmm. it's hard to people like when they can put in like like iconography to things you know the Mm -hmm. the hockey mask the ghost face mask the Freddy glove um so uh, that's something i've even noticed just as like you know even in modern like I love the killer from I Know You Did Last Summer. He's never on anything because he's just a fisherman with the hook. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard It's hard to, like, give them this iconography. Well, like um,
1: propsy, you know, there's a lot of, like, slasher killers who we feel like should be more iconic and be more representative, but if they aren't iconic, if they don't have icon representation, it's a lot mm. harder. Yeah. It's a lot harder.
0: Um, so B, if you guys didn't know, I mean, you do know because we talked about it, is a graphic designer. So one part of the show is she breaks down the poster from a graphic design perspective. Um, so she's going to take a look at the poster for Hello Mary Lou, um, kind of break it down just from a graphic design aspect.
1: So what, right? do you know the band off the top of your head that, like, recreated this? The band? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? So there was some, like, screamo, oh my god, damn, I should have looked it up before So there's some, look it up for me, there's some like Screamo band that recreated this poster as like their album cover, and that Uh. was my first like experience with this, and then when I saw, I think the Shockwaves podcast is how I came across this movie, um, I mean I was familiar with Prom Night, but I was not familiar with, um, this sequel, and they were just raving about it and it's probably like five years ago and I was like okay I've got to watch this um and then I stumbled across the poster and I was like wait this looks so familiar and it's some some little screamo band when I worked at a record store and this like it was popular but anyhow so cool yeah we see Mary Lou like in the like the little death coffin mummy uh positioning in a locker which is great. It's very akin to, it's hard with 80s movies. There's so many times these, and it's an illustrated poster. There's so many times these posters are illustrating a scenario that has nothing to do with the film. And I get it. They were just trying to sell movies. So I really, really appreciate the fact that this one is so spot on to the subject matter of this film. It's the lockers and this is a high school uh, teen screen. This is prom is integral to the plot. Uh, she's in our prom dress, she's the crown. All of that is how Mary Lou like comes back to possess people. It's perfect, I love that it's shown on the poster. The, you know, hello Mary Lou is still the most prominent uh, typography and then we have prominent two below it. Uh, which is just further signaling that like, you know, this is sure it's a prominent sequel, but this really is. This is Hello Mary Lou. Like this is its own film. She's staring right into the camera. It's beautifully done. One of the better like illustrated eighties posters that we've had. Um, I always think of like Slaughter High when I think of these like eighties
0: posters <laughs> and it's just like Don't you touch
1: Nothing. Uh, Nothing about that poster that illustrated, like key art has anything to do with that movie and it drives me absolutely insane. It's an iconic poster. You see that movie and you instantly go, yes, I've seen that before. Does it tell you anything about the movie Slaughter High? Absolutely. (laughs) I appreciate that this does a little bit of both. And then let's see what tagline's on there. Mary Lou wants to be prom queen even if it kills her again. Um, right. ah,
0: yeah. Oh, I love it. That's so 80s. It's so. Yeah, 80s. it is so 80s. so 80s.
1: It's fine. Um, I think Mary Lou is back. Got students' talent and eyes better. old turns. Great. That's good. I don't know. She's dying to get even
0: yeah um some of these are just yeah playing the movie it started with prom night 1957 now it's happening again cool thanks i understand oh,
2: that it's just the log line yeah <laughs> it's like no thank you that's not a tagline that's
0: yeah i'm
1: gonna sell me on the movie
0: yeah then just have a rest in peace, in
1: peace. Yeah. No. Generic. generic yeah 19 yeah. hamilton time 15 minutes of this movie it is
0: <laughs> um and then as you guys made mention of we get three sequels well technically two sequels and a remake uh mary lou maloney prom night three the last kiss in 1990 and then prom night four delivers from evil in 92 which was a brand uh a group of teenagers tormented by a possessed catholic priest on their prom night and then we get the atrocious remake in 2008 i'm sorry i know we don't like normally shit talk a lot of movies but it's oh bad God, the 2008. <laughs> Idris elba's in it it's like the cast is great. Like, Lyndon what's Ashby's going in it. on? I love Lyndon <laughs> Ashby because he's in Mortal Kombat and Teen Wolf, but like, I'm just like, this is not a good movie. I just don't yeah. understand what's happening. Um,
1: I, I haven't seen
0: you guys have seen three, or Emma, you have. Have you seen four?
2: I have not seen four. Uh, maybe I'm on, on purpose for me.
3: But... <laughs> yeah, I, it's on purpose <laughs> for me. I've only seen three as well. Mary Lou's not in it. Scary. I don't care.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's like, I'm fair. moving
3: on. Thanks. Yeah. I do not want to be tormented by a Catholic
1: priest. I'm tormented by Catholic priests just like by I thought. I think of Catholic, just, yeah. Catholic priest and it scares me. So I don't need to see a movie where they torment me.
0: That's yeah, a, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's fair. Uh, they get a, they uh, they don't have the best reputation. No, um, so, no. Let's see,
1: yeah, it's 92. It's 30 years old. Oh that, so oh, that sounds so
2: weird to me that that's okay. 30 years old. Yeah, well, almost. Oh, next year. Time. Great. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I love time. Um, I love time making me feel like I'm losing my mind. <laughs>
0: wait till you get. Till, wait till your friends have babies. Okay. Oh no. And then, and then you start. I think it's happening slowly. Their time, and then you're just like, what the wait, actual fuck is happening? Wait till
1: your friends have babies yes
0: wait so till you have babies no oh my god the time really babies.
1: is just <laughs> yeah just, ryan aw. can't
2: promise that i'll have babies but i will have friends that have babies somewhere somehow
0: right exactly <laughs> it's, it's um, a trip B, if Wild. you could possibly we're doing this right on air if you could pull up the writer because we accidentally a call, still had Nia Dacosta listed from our ron
3: kid oliver kid.
0: Thank yeah. you. Yeah.
2: Um not John Oliver, not to be confused with
3: John
0: Oliver, which would have been great, but that would have been great. Um our director is Bruce Pittman. <laughs> David Costa did... did not
2: write this movie. No, Just not,
0: <laughs> she did not would love to
2: see the rendition writing. though. Well,
0: yeah, that'd be great. Uh but yeah, Bruce Pittman's our director. Uh he did Painted Door in eighty four, which was nominated for Best Live Action Short. Uh Confidential in 86. Um, Yes, at the Academy Awards. Um, It was just nominated,
1: (laughs) right?
0: Yeah, whatever. We're all supposed Um, to
1: know what that means.
0: Well, like, I don't know. Did the Golden Globes exist in 1984? Yeah, I don't know, probably. Um, Harrison Bergeron, which is a Showtime movie based on a short story by Kurt Vonnegut, the last movie. uh, Slasher movie, the last movie? Uh, No comment. I I thought he
2: did, like, a bunch of... Maybe I made this up. I associated Bruce Pittman with doing like soap opera dramas on like daytime TV, like spots on TV. I don't I know. Don't I maybe so. just feels like he would do that. It's
0: possible. I, I really hope
2: that <laughs> everything. Uh, not is that I saw. This fact. is
1: pretty much. He had a few other things, but his uh, filmography is this is pretty much his like highlights. Mm. Um. Sporadic. He had a, an interesting career. Um, Fascinating man. Yeah. Uh, where the Spirit Lives, I know that he did in 89, got a lot of um, award buzz and credentials from some, you know, smaller award creditations. Uh, so that was definitely, like, a bigger thing for him a couple years later. But it just like he didn't uh, make that much afterwards mm-hmm. for whatever uh- reason.
0: The last movie is a is a neo-noir it's not the movie i was thinking of by the way sad uh, in
1: 2012 so that seems new but then when you think of it that was 10 years ago thank you uh, you're welcome the time marches is <laughs> oh on
0: back um, at you
2: at time it's happening yeah.
0: um so ron All- yes. uh, who did prom night three the last kiss as well as get ready a whole bunch of shit um happily never after in 2001 um wrote episodes of the animorphs uh tv show um animorphs is yeah was that do you guys know what animorphs is oh my god grew up on animorphs love them oh i wasn't (laughs) sure because i grew up on animorphs and i'm like older than you so i was like i don't know but like i loved animorphs (laughs) uh if you've never watched the TV show
1: became obsessed with um what are their names the twins the Aaron yeah
0: Right? No. Uh. No. Not. Uh. Not Austin's No. um, Ashmore. Ashmore. Yeah. Sean and Aaron. Sean and Aaron Ashmore. Ashmore. Yeah. They were in the Animorph TV show that lasted about six episodes on Nick. Um, wrote Goosebumps. uh, Wrote um, wrote my favorite episode, which is the tale of the Ghastly Grinner. Um, is currently or wrote a A currently filmed. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan Netflix project really very yes. cool and, and then wrote like for the last five years has been writing a fuckload of christmas movies um oh my or love so that. mostly
2: ghostly
1: also oh, mostly
0: ghostly right where's and, the black christmas remake from ron Mirror, oliver liar um, yeah oh there we go That'd be <laughs> dope. i mean we haven't we have so many black christmases at this point i'm like just oh keep god. making them i don't care we got
2: like, we got to pitch it to him i just want to see his
0: um oh my god B, I'm so excited about the guy who did the score for this. I'm so excited. Uh, we love him. Yeah, Paul Zaza, who did Curtains. Curtains, we the love that.
1: <laughs> we love Curtains so
0: much. Have you guys it seen is... that one? Wait, yeah. is
2: oh my god, is Curtains? You know what? This is so crazy. I have been ready. trying to think of the name of a film I saw last year for so long, and it was Curtains. That's the one I've been thinking of for literally like the last three months that movie i saw the one that with the ice skating tag. hag it's definitely curtains
0: yeah um, yes we,
2: yeah. oh my god we've you guys i love curtains for, thank it's you so good four <laughs>
1: years is it been yeah, four years now four years. so we've been doing this for four years which is insane curtains by far my favorite discovery of this
2: podcast i
1: really yeah oh, you guys I, and the,
2: the dance scene and the whole oh my god the whole oh,
1: just
2: like i love it
1: the, yeah, the that boom mic like that. in the shot. That
0: movie makes no sense, and I love every yeah, second of it. But
2: it's perfection. It's mm-hmm. just... I thought it good. wasn't real for the longest time. I literally thought I dreamt, yeah. dreamt it because I couldn't
0: remember the name.
2: It
1: was
0: Thank just you. A, I could see that. It was a <laughs> Yeah. Um, also Favorite did Popcorn, which is amazing. I have not um, seen it. Oh, my God. I love Popcorn so much. I love so the that's poster.
1: That's on yeah. the list for this year. We were supposed it's another to one that just, like...
0: It's hard to get a hold of. The blue keeps going out of print. It's Mm. never streaming. I I watched it, like, in 2008 when it was streaming on something and, like, have never got to watch it again, but I absolutely adored it. Um, He actually did the score for the first three prom nights and My Bloody Valentine. So there you go. Just Um, like a a poor vet here.
3: That song he did for the original prom night. Prom night. Everything is all right. I love that one. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> I hear her singing it, bouncing <laughs> around. You should do right in the
1: Slaughter High um, score.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Slaughter High. That, that's the best one. Um, have you guys, or did, did, didn't they, I think they released it on vinyl. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I was going to say you it. should get it if you have. Gotta it,
2: score yeah. it.
3: There's also, like, 20 songs that weren't in the movie that he wrote for the movie that just didn't make it that are on that. All
2: just right. bangers
0: <laughs> dude what that's crazy just well, yeah he's
1: all, he has like full albums that's like his like scoring films is just a thing that he did but he's like a legit
2: composer that's wow. so cool yeah he's the man he's
1: the man um
0: yeah awesome. i mean that's a hell of a selection there um, i mean
2: just those
1: right there yeah for the real like that's so for much us. No, when I uh, came up and I was doing the research, I'm like, wait, I know this name. And I thought about it for a second. And I just searched like our Google Docs. And I'm like, yes, my bloody Valentine. Freaking curtains. Uh, so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, Anytime it's it's I can talk so about good. curtains, I like, get excited.
0: We got, yeah, horror vets here. I mean, you know, someone who wrote, also wrote, went on to write Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes. Uh, and then we have John Herzog, yeah. our cinematographer who did uh, Cracker Jack yeah. 2. Don't know what that is. Um, of the video game Fahrenheit in 1995 and Turnabout in 1988.
2: Interesting. I don't not, can't say I know those, but yeah, no, but like <laughs> like to no, cinematography for the most part. Uh, yeah, so I, it was yeah, it did the I job.
3: Like the... Lots of like low angles, unmotivated low angles. But
2: why not? Right? <laughs> it doesn't need to be motivated.
3: <laughs> it
1: needs motivation, not me. No,
3: not
2: not John Herzog.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm a huge Ron Oliver fan. Like, I, I feel such a connection to him. One of my greatest inspirations is the Goosebumps show from the 90s that he wrote and directed. And so, I mean, when I fell in love with this movie and found out he did that, I just knew we were kindred spirits.
0: Do you know, did he direct, like, multiple episodes?
3: I'm pretty sure he directed, like, the, wh- the whole thing, like, all of the episodes. Yeah, so he also cool. directed a lot. Because that of was a the, Canadian show as mm-hmm. well.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and no, Are You
1: Afraid of the Dark?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it looks like he's gone on to direct a ton.
3: It's not mm-hmm. just writing, credits. yeah. Uh, he's he also calls himself Sir Ronald. Like he he posts <laughs> on Facebook in the third person. Calls himself Sir Ronald. <laughs> um, I really legend.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's icon status. Yeah, he's definitely more. <laughs> he's more immersed in the horror world than I think Bruce Pittman is. Um, and I also think that when it comes to the conversation of Mary Lou being a queer icon, um, you know, I think that it's coming from a queer lens because Ron Oliver is gay. And, you know, when people think I've had people debate with me about this, which is funny because the first time I saw Mary Lou was at a queer horror screening, uh, which is a series that, um. Uh, Carla Rossi, which is a horror drag queen. She's amazing. Uh, she hosts this series at the Hollywood Theater in Portland. And we saw it on the big screen, and it was the most amazing day experience I've ever had in my life.
3: On 35mm. On 35mm. It was, uh-huh.
2: 35 millimeter, it. It was yeah. absolutely fucking gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I've had people be like, I don't really see why this film is queer. Um, and What? <laughs> I don't. Jill. I don't know how to
0: respond. And then <laughs> it like, literally
3: comes out of Vicky's body. It's a coming out story. I mean, how yeah.
0: literally? <laughs> like, did you watch? Kissing, the bo- did you watch the I mean, movie? Yeah. Like, did you just watch? Like, the, did you just watch the kill count on it? And so, like, you know. Yeah, you just like,
2: like called it good. I don't know, yeah. but it's also it's literally coming from a queer writer, so it's kind of yeah. like undeniable you know sometimes
0: there there are movies that sometimes like uh, i i am a a, you know a a cis hetero male and so like um there are definitely times where i don't read like read those things because Mm -hmm. like you know reading into them like reading um you know essays and stuff on them like help me understand things or um you know see it from that lens perspective right which i really appreciate when that happens um but there are some things that don't need that and this movie is one (laughs) of those that no one needed to explain uh why it is a queer uh horror like iconic film so it
2: explained itself (laughs) yeah that's
0: that's funny um we got a stack cast here i'm just gonna run through it um Mm -hmm. Michael Ironside, obviously very, very familiar uh, face, um, has been a veteran for it's forever, um, as Bill Nordham. Uh, Wendy Lyon as Viking Carpenter. Louis uh, Ferreira as Craig Nordham. Lisa Schrage is the pronunciation we decided we were going to go with as Mary Lou Maloney. <laughs> uh, Richard Monette as Father Cooper. Terry Hawks as Kelly Hennenlotter. Brock St- Beverly Hendry as Monica Waters. Beth Gondick as Jess Browning. Wendell Smith as Walt Carpenter. Judy Mabee as Virginia Carpenter. Steve Atkinson as young Billy Nordum, Robert Lewis as young Buddy Cooper. Loretta Bailey as Mary Lou, the Creature. Uh, Howard Crush as Todd. Dennis Robinson as Mr. Craven. Michael Evans as Matthew Dante. John Piper Ferguson as Eddie Wood. And Larry Muser as Mr. O'Bannon. Oh, O'Bannon's a reference too, right? got to be. Uh, Hopefully
2: not Steve O'Bannon. I, th- I think it is, right? <laughs> um,
0: but, um, um, this movie is definitely a uh, uh, It's I mean, it's a teen scream, but it's so, um, for you guys, if, um, you know, who maybe haven't gone through our whole catalog, uh, Supernatural slashers are definitely one of the ones we've covered the least. Mm. Um, we stick to a lot of the, like, more traditional um I, I don't think it's on purpose. I may, I think there's a part of me and B's head that like avoids them because they're harder to, right? I think sometimes they're harder to just like figure out as as like how they work as slasher movies sometimes because I think even myself I find myself doing it getting caught so, so caught up on like no you got to be like you got to slash people to like mm-hmm. you know for it to be with a slasher. knife yeah yeah like <laughs> a, bladed <laughs> a bladed weapon object. right yeah but then like I mean I remember the first time uh, we have a friend. um He's an author in australia aaron dries and the first time he presented the idea to me jaws 2 is a slasher movie i was just like explain explain your work here um and we had this giant conversation about how it pulls so many slasher conventions and like ever since then rewatching that movie has been like blown my I mean, like mind and made me like it way yeah. more uh, but like it just took a long time for me to like final destination same thing it's like final Destination's is the slasher i'm like and i'm like well it is because literally it's just like death is the killer you know but like so i think um supernatural slashers are just something we don't cover as much even though we have covered the first two nightmare movies Mm -hmm. Um, what are like the rules of
2: slashers for you guys like what makes a slasher a slasher if you had to pick like a golden rule or two
0: um we look at things I think there's a lot of things we examine like so we take
1: there's the overall blueprint
0: yeah um mm-hmm. we kind of look at formula Halloween. right mm-hmm. we look at Halloween as like I mean Carpenter codified my slashers yeah. right we have our proto slashers my bloody Valentine uh, Black Christmas, Christmas Texas Chainsaw um but then like Carpenter really like codified the word slasher and so like mm-hmm. you know we kind of look at Halloween as like a blueprint mixed with those other films I think like my my bloody valentine honestly like nails the blueprint perfectly um for us of like what the prototypical slasher is Mm
2: -hmm. um
0: which is usually like you know a figure from the past comes back to haunt you um some sort of familiar tie to our main characters or to the history of the town um and and stalking slashing yeah stalking Mm -hmm. like the and and slashing Yeah, yeah. Um, the cat and mouse thing, obviously, because we've covered some giallos too, like the cat and mouse thing is a big thing in the giallo films. Mm-hmm. Um, a so, final
1: girl or boy.
0: Yeah, the final girl and boy are big ones. Um, like, we've definitely docked a few movies, um, you know, as like how we view them as slashers, because it's important to us, it's very important for your final girl or boy or both um, to have an arc um and mm-hmm. a lot a lot of slashers especially like there was a drudge there in like the mid to like the late to mid to like 90s into the 2000s where they like kind of forgot what they were doing there's and they're so, like
1: they survived
0: it's like they survived you had a survivor but they like they mm-hmm. don't have an, a like a character arc or anything um right. so that's that's all like kind of stuff we look at and so like ah, there's Superman, minor tropes yeah that-
1: right the tropes really define it yeah that we're like oh okay cool like this is following like oh you know we called the cops and they were useless and you know there's all these like minor tropes that pop up over and over in slashers but what we really use and that's great and that'll like help it be like oh that feels more like a slasher because it had all these small tropes in it but really we're we're looking at that sort of blueprint of like structure story structure and Mm -hmm. sort of the golden rule is is the focus on the film the kills and Mm -hmm. if the focus on the film is the kills how they happen and what they look like it's probably a slasher film
0: or at least has strong
1: elements of it if the kills themselves are just a byproduct of what's happening you notice that it feels Way less like a slasher even if it has those other uh, formulas and tropes uh, set mm-hmm. in the The true blue like test is what are we focused on is if it's the kills in the movie and like how they look like it's often a slasher
0: yeah, yeah. and this one has more- crazy kills mm-hmm. yeah so I mean let's jump into it uh, I mean so our, our killer is Mary Lou um and, you know, no iconic weapon, although I'd say, you know, like, psychic powers. Um yeah, possession. Yeah, possession, like, loose psychic powers. Um, and we have a body count of eight. And and normally um, we would, like, kind of go over the summary of the movie here. Um, but what I would really love to do, since we have you guys on, is just kind of have you um, run rampant on, um, like, unleash you a little bit uh, on <laughs> on just, like, what, what um, you know, what you love about the movie, what kills... Um, like you've heard me and B talk long enough, um, and obviously we want to encourage all of our listeners to go out and, and check this out. So if I could, uh, we got a Bobby, body count of r- roughly eight, um, It's hard to tell uh, in the
1: end. It's a little
0: modeled. Yeah, right. <laughs> Start, starting with, like, Mary Question mark. Mary, yeah. yeah, starting with Mary Lou's, um, <laughs> and, um, but yeah, you guys, you know, like, as fans of the film, like, which ones are your favorites? And like, you know, um, what, like, what, what about Mary Lou makes her stand out to you guys?
3: Yeah, well, I think what makes Mary Lou stand out to us is probably just like her, sh- her shameless ruthlessness and how brutal she is. And uh, you know, she's she's a she's the monstrous feminine. She's textbook monstrous feminine. And I think a way that this film subverts the traditional kind of slasher formula is that um, it takes the final girl Vicky and then turns her into. Of the monstrous feminine, so that I think makes this film really fresh and like something I haven't seen before from an 80s slasher. Um, and I, I think my favorite kill, oh god, this is a hard one. Um, I got I gotta go with the the locker. That was so Kubrick. Um, when I first mm. saw it. And yeah. it was so inspired. And also, I have no idea how they did it. So, basically, for people who haven't seen it, um, she, uh, Vicky is possessed by Mary Lou and chases her friend into a locker, and she's hiding in there. And then Mary Lou uses her telekinetic carry-style powers to crush the lockers together, and then it's just like a gush of blood spilling um, from underneath the locker. And that's the last time you see the character. And um, something that we had been talking about earlier is how sad the movie kind of is because the, car- the victims of Mary Lou are like so sweet and they don't-, they don't hurt Mary Lou. And so I think a lot of people have kind of a double standard with Mary Lou as a villain because um, although she's justified somewhat, she isn't really with these victims um and I, I love that because I think that you know we we don't care about uh, how you know ruthless Freddie is and how ruthless um, Michael Myers is with his kills, and Mary Lou's not hiding behind that mask that we discussed earlier, and I feel like that's just really refreshing mm-hmm.
0: Um, and Emma, before you jump in, just for listeners, too, like a, br- mm-hmm. a brief synopsis um, is, you know, basically 57, a group of teens pranks um, Mary Lou and it ends up in her dying in a fire. Um, and so she has now come back um, 20 years later and um, is possessing students or people and, and murdering the various people. I mean, her uh, her ultimate goal is to get back at the people that did her dirty um specifically her boyfriend played by uh in the future by Michael Ironside um or her prom date um and she's although, doing this
1: it's like balding teenager uh yeah 17 uh, like a nice
0: um and she has basically like telekina like telekinetic and kind of very freddy s powers but in the in, inside the real realm not just inside of a dream realm although we do get like some glimpses mm-hmm. of this alternate realm too which is something i like i thought that was an interesting thing of kind of um i don't know like vicky see like how do you guys read read that like um when she's seeing this like kind of alternate do you think she's like fighting against it and so like that's mary lou furthering her you know ultimate possession of her or is it do you think she's trying to show her or I, like, I thought that was really interesting, all those kind of, like, dream surreal um, scenes that they have.
3: I think a lot of those were reshoots, right? Um, mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I think there those
3: were, were the Ron Oliver-directed reshoots. Yeah, there was, like, a – he did, like, a week
2: reshoots um, where they, they, they gave him more money, and he basically uh, – they I think, like, the producers hired him to just direct reshoots. Um, and I think it included the, it included the locker room death scene, which is also one of my favorite deaths from this movie. Um, and my all time favorite part of this film, which is the rocking horse with the slimy tongue, uh, the horn, the very horny rocking horse, um, and then that chalkboard whirlpool. Um, so personally, all my favorite parts of the film were, uh, included in those reshoots, but that definitely does feel like that was incorporated after, and it feels like a little bit of a departure, but I think that it obviously still feels very true to the script and the tone of the film, and it almost, uh, it it adds a lot, and I feel like it's because it's adding what Ron Oliver was imagining. Um, But I would say it, in many ways, it feels like Mary Lou is kind of showing her the way, um, and we're kind of getting a glimpse into what's happening internally. So, you know, on in in the other shots where we're seeing these kills happen, we're seeing, you know, possessed Vicky dressing up like it's the 50s, that kind of thing. Um that's really fun and that feels kind of more traditional slasher. Um but then we get those kind of surreal dream sequences that I think pair really well with it, probably in the same way that, you know, Stuff Craven does. Is very much similar to kind of pairing that surreal dream world with uh, just the kind of the classic slasher kill uh, that doesn't always have something like that. But um, yeah, I would definitely read it as Mary Lou. Um, I don't know. I don't know quite know how to word it, uh, but v- very much like walking through the tunnels of Vicky's brain while she's being possessed, is sort of. How right. I read it. No,
0: that makes it like. It's wild you're kind of blowing my mind here because like it's wild that those were all the reshoots those are the parts of the movie that make this feel the most like a nightmare movie to me because exactly
2: and
1: i mean at least according to the good old internet like when ron oliver was like tasked with the reshoots he had a relationship with Wes craven and called him and asked him like hey like well, there you do... go. <laughs> exactly. There you go. And then it's like, as soon as you read that, they're like, well, of course. Like, that all makes so mm-hmm. much sense. Like, if Craven was, you know, a mentor and, like, advising him on this. And, yeah, I guess Craven, like, the line he gave him was, give them a scare. um, Give them a hard-on. Send them home. <laughs> and... <laughs>
0: oh, my God. They did the job. So
1: they did the job. Yeah. yeah. And... I mean, I think it's just very noticeable. And then there's this other side where you know he wrote the script, and then what Bruce Pittman actually directed wasn't exactly the vision he had in mind. Like for example, the I mean, there's all this controversy over the like full nudity and like the showers.
0: Mm-hmm
1: that was not in the script. And that's something Bruce Bittman admitted later on that that was gratuitous a hundred percent. And like, he mm-hmm. just asked the actresses and was like, hey, I just think, you know, it'd be better if you guys aren't in towels and maybe you're just fully nude. And like the actresses agreed to it and said, let's do it. Um, and like had a few conditions to it, but that, like, that was literally just a gratuitous nudity scene. It was not that was not what Oliver was writing. And so I Mm -hmm. think you can see that a little bit, like having all that background knowledge and then you go back and watch the movie you go, okay, like I can see really what was like his script and then what he actually directed of his script versus Mm -hmm. what was like another interpretation of, I feel like maybe Bruce Pittman took it more straight up, like I'm just gonna make a slasher movie without much, thought into what oliver was really trying to say which obviously like in the lens we're applying to it now was a little bit more than maybe Pittman was realizing in 87
3: yeah ron oliver was really self-aware and i think he's the true visionary behind this film Mm -hmm.
0: um yeah definitely no i think you're right um and it's just yeah it's it's funny because like yeah, those are the scenes that feel most nightmare. And the rest of the movie feels very carry to me. Um, so like, yeah. Which is why There's it's just, so I cool that
2: it's so many different scary. things yeah. kind of paired together. Actually, in the long run, made it more exciting as a cult classic. And you, if right. you think about it, at the time, maybe that. I feel like, on one hand, we can say now that we love how many how how derivative it, derivative it is, different subgenres and source material. But at the time, if it kind of feels like, well, gosh, it feels like they just combined a bunch of movies and tried to make a new one, you know, that might turn people off. Um, Mm -hmm. Not me, but at the time, perhaps that was how people perceived it.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a fascinating movie, honestly. Like watching it for the first time, I was just like, wow, this is, uh, I love it. I mean, I loved it. Just like, I, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it. Hits all of the like my my boxes, um, just Mm -hmm. like practical effects, um, the like absolutely like again, the is you know, um, Hannah, you touched on it, like I'm rooting for Mary Lou, and like it is strange, um, you know, I never once thought of she's killing these people that have nothing to do, like I was, I straight up was like, whatever, like you know, like it's very Freddy, it's like Freddy didn't give a shit, he was like yo, you're the kids of the people who did me wrong, so, like, bummer for you. You're like, you're collateral damage. And so, like, I straight up looked at it as, like, just a Fred, a very Freddy thing of, like, she has an angle, but anyone who gets in her way, in the, like, along the way, she, you know, like, she makes sure she goes out of her way to murder the priest. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know uh, like anyone who comes like uh, like gets in the way along the way she's just like whatever like you know you're here so like i've been stuck in hell or whatever for 20 years so i'm gonna have some fun um and then there was there was just lots of other, other stuff like some of it cringy obviously the 80s the use of the f word i'm like i hate that um and then like b mentioned the gratuitous nudity i'm like why is this in this movie but then like lots of other things too that i love like the random line of you know him botch like re- like saying the Exorcist line wrong you know your mother knit socks or sew socks in hell um, I like I love mm-hmm. that little stuff that character for me was such like it, there were parts where I'm like oh he's hilarious and then there are parts where I'm like you're the worst person in this movie <laughs>
2: yeah exactly especially the end
0: when he's like you know the price and I was like this is so gross um, <laughs> but i mean it's very gloriously 80s and even coming down to like that kill scene like i love the use of like the very early technology use and we get the blue lightning bolts and everything and like it's cheesy and it doesn't do age really well like every
1: like 80s movie had some way of showing even if it wasn't a horror movie some way of showing like the computer
0: Uh, because computers were terrifying look at war games that movie came out and everyone was like "Fuck computers world war three they
3: were right they were right look at the world we live in
0: no terrifying they're not not wrong um the older i get (laughs) i went i do i do a roller coaster right like obviously as a 17 year old growing up in the advent of MySpace, i'm just like yeah internet um and you know then the older I get, like I recently actually deactivated my Twitter because I'm like social media is a parasite. <laughs> um, so, mm, I, 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 I go, get it. <laughs> yeah, I go back and forth, but um, yeah, I mean, I I ended, I I really did end up just like loving this. Um, and I I want to ask your gut, uh, like your opinions as huge fans. What do you think of the end? Like, what do you think of the end of this movie? Because I feel like um, for a movie that like kind of stays grounded for a long time um and grounded in the loose sense of like a supernatural slasher you know like where yeah these things are happening but it's like a lot of telekinesis Mm -hmm. and like you know those kind of things and then you know and then we get a vortex into hell and stuff um so like just wondering where you guys stand on on the finale of this film
2: yeah i i feel like i have very mixed feelings about the finale i think it's such a fantastic film and I don't necessarily know where else I would have wanted the finale to go. Um it's something where I feel like for me there is a something missing that I can't place my finger on. Maybe just because I want it to be even crazier, even though the whole movie was absolutely bonkers. Um But yeah, I mean I think it's I think it's an all right ending. I'm not I'm not mad at it. I'm not entirely upset. Um I think that we're it obviously was uh sequel bait for this yeah um and it i mean it it worked they they made another one um but oh wait, I'm so sorry my it just says my computer is not allowing to record, I don't know why it's saying that.
0: We should still be recording on our sides, though, too, right? Something okay. It does, it does Please both.
1: have Emma refresh the page. So just oh. click refresh okay. and see if that Okay. I'll help.
2: refresh the page. Sorry about mm-hmm. that. Don't know. It just said, you're done. <laughs>
0: post.
2: Stop talking. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you got to go. It's
0: rude <laughs> of you, Riverside.
2: I know. It's okay. I can maybe I'll clear my cache and see if that uh, does anything.
3: Eat all your cookies. Okay. That happened to me earlier, Emma, and I just deleted some stuff. And yeah. Okay. Yeah, wants you
0: to be like keeping all your all your (laughs) shit in one spot. Wants you to focus. Talking about entering the computer is being pariah. Mm -hmm.
3: Dude, after watching Demon Seed, I'm like, I'm a little scared.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I can't do any of that. Oh. Oh. I think she. She refreshed. Yeah. Yeah. Jump back in, um, Hannah. Anything on the end that you stands out to you, or
3: I love the end. I think the end is perfectly cheesy. Let's cruise, you know, Michael Ironside mm-hmm. with the driving away. I I think it. Um, mm-hmm, Yeah, I think that it totally fits the rest of the film. Um, it has it's interesting enough. It has a little like almost goosebumps twist at the end, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because Ron Oliver did both um yeah i just it made me smile that's all you can ask for from a finale for a film like that is leaving it feeling satisfied
0: yeah no absolutely i like i said i'm pleasantly surprised with it i mean i knew going in the lots of people i respect really enjoy it so i anticipated liking it but as the movie kept progressing and then like um emma touched on earlier that when i really was just like okay you got me was when that horse started talking um it's so bizarre and like but like practical effects forever please Mm -hmm. um just looks so much better ages so much better it looks so much cooler um so yeah i mean i think i i i had a blast with it it made me immediately want to search out the third one although i'm guessing it can't hold a candle to this one
3: it's fun it's a tv i think it was a straight to tv movie um It's got an entirely new victim, protagonist, um, new Mary Lou actress. It's fun. Um, But, yeah, it doesn't hold a candle to Promenade 2. For Mm -hmm. sure. Um, I will say, like, the, the horse, the rocking horse, is one of the most bizarre scenes in the film, but it's not the most. I think the most is when Vicky makes out with her dad. Which is oh like my it's so <laughs> rare God. that a movie, a horror movie, will go there. And I've but, seen the movie twenty times, and I was screaming my head off tonight rewatching it. So the most, wow,
2: the, I forgot. But you <laughs> most
3: every. T- I feel like the minute I watch this movie for the first
1: time, I'm like, she's gonna fuck her dad. Like <laughs> that's you know, gonna happen
2: instantly. <laughs> you're like, yeah. instantly yeah. You're like yeah, Like,
1: instantly. Yes. Those are okay. The no, like Hannah, like, you're the right. The mom though. is like ostracized, and it's like. Like he's all Yo, 100% in love with his daughter, and they're gonna fuck. Like, I'll let you know happen? right now. So like,
0: if I <laughs> ever had a daughter and she kissed me, my first reaction would not no. be what this dad's reaction was. <laughs> the dad just like lets it happen. And I'm like, It was weird. Oh, it's so weird and uncomfortable. Cause I'm like, No, 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 no. Like, I've reacted <laughs> more violently to friends trying to kiss me. If my daughter tried, I would be like, what's happening here like is this a joke like absolutely not and then like it's funny because that was the same scene where like i got the most carrie vibes from her mom and i think it's just because she's oh yeah jezebel goes,
3: Harlet. jezebel
0: Harlot. yeah all the all the christian yeah. um words but, but i think she at. was
3: justified <laughs> uh, like oh 100
0: <laughs> yeah like i mean damn like and like it sucks for vicky in her head I'm like, speaking of Animorphs, I'm like, is it like the Animorphs where there's a yurk in there? And, you know, like, she's in there and she knows what's going on. And she's just sitting there going like, "Ew, this is so mm-hmm. gross. Yeah. How you, and how do you explain it later? You're like, listen, Dad, actually. It wasn't me.
2: It was, yeah. But then there's yeah, also part yeah. of you like,
0: hey, Dad, why did you let me make out with you? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a whole, like, what conversation happened after? No, we I don't didn't think,
3: see i don't think he was to, planning each other. on going home happens.
0: no it's so well, michael
3: ironside but, took them cruising that's, so that's who true. knows where they went
0: probably to pick up the dad because he's like well we made out earlier it was great yeah. so michael ironside and the dad the dad maybe the dad's just freewheeling he's just like you know what i am i'm uh what a pan and i love who i love and so this is just how <laughs> it, this is how it's gonna be Although I never, I am not a proponent of incest. I don't want me that. I'm not endorsing that on this. It's
2: fine if he is.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: Like I'm just saying, like it's fine he fucks
2: his
1: daughter, but like you know,
0: I'm not promoting it. Yeah, I'm not promoting it. Um, No, I mean, you know, if the if if the Pornhub crowd found this movie, they would be stoked because let's. I'm just saying, like. Daughter daddy stuff is very in from what I hear right now. Um, <laughs> do you know that from this movie? Ryan? No, I had to, I found that out because I went on like a I, I don't understand TikTok a lot, but like everyone, neither once do while, I. Yeah, every once in a while, someone will send me like a TikTok and then I just end up like you know going down the that's hole. That's or
1: whatever, what right? yeah. Yes, and I like,
0: I, I, there's this comedian he does he also does a lot of the starbucks like he pretends to be a barista and it, i mean he's pretty funny um but cuz it's pretty accurate um but he like was making all these references to like step uh sibling and step um daughter like porn and i was like what what's happening here i was like why why so many references to this um and so uh i asked a friend i was like C- the friend who sent if you like what what is this and he's like oh yeah it's really big right now in porn and i was like good to know i guess i'll stay away from porn right now i don't know um i guess uh, porn for him
1: too yeah it's a lot Uh, internet
0: just that that particular genre but you know i'm not here to yuck your yum if that's what gets your you know what anyways um we're gonna move (laughs) on to the the end of this show where we rank this uh rank the film um at the end of our episode yeah uh scoot right on past fucking your daughter yeah. Uh, if you're not up, you the know? dad If you're not the dad from Prom Night 2 um, at the end of our episode we rank our films uh, you can find it at keepscreamy.com slash love dash list uh, and as B and I mentioned to you guys earlier um, and as our listeners know it's not a ranking of our favorite films or best films or anything like that because there are movies that we love that are near the bottom of this list like Happy Death Day 2U um, and the original April Fool's Day it's just... Um, again we kind of examine it and how well it succeeds as a slasher um and using the slasher formula um so number one is Night on elm street from 84 followed by my bloody valentine from 81 and black christmas from 74 and the bottom of our list number 80 and 79 are both april fool's day and then girls night out from 1982 you guys if y'all ever want to watch a slasher that you will be bummed about watching and is super misogynistic for no damn reason other than it's the 80s girls night out is your movie um
1: uh our- and for those who are curious prom night 1980 ranks at number 30 on our list and prom night 2008 ranks 66
0: even higher than I think that's, it deserves yeah, to be. Yeah, that's better
3: to be than honest.
1: I thought. <laughs> yeah. No, it it does rock some tropes. Yeah, so it really does. Congratulations yeah. to it. It actually, yeah. if I remember correctly, uh, it does very well until the very end, where it robs its final girl of any satisfaction and gives her entire arc of overcoming her situation and turmoil and being the badass and gives it to the fucking cop with a gun and that's oh, such a yeah. movie
0: and again like we said it's this is just how we go. view it from a, sl- a slasher formula because there are movies like standpoint. i had a blast with cheerleader camp it is by no means a great movie um but i like it so way, like way more nine, than yeah. prom night and it's like number or the Prom Night remake, and it's number sixty-nine.
1: I yeah, there's a lot of movies. Uh, we love Happy Death Day We love Cry Wolf. Uh, Fear oh, yeah. Street Part Three. Really liked that movie. All yeah. those very bottom of our list. Um, yeah, you know, just
0: um. So, B, where are you looking at? What are you thinking?
1: <sighs> okay.
0: It's hard so... not to gravitate right towards like Elm Street Two and kind of move up from there, huh?
1: yeah i mean we just have that we have the blueprint in this one for sure you know we have our our situation that happened with our main character uh prank gone wrong um massive trope especially for the 80s uh we flashed forward uh that situation is affecting our teens uh that is just true blue our blueprint uh with some other tropes sprinkled in you know we've got our you know sort of character tropes we have um a final girl who also acts as like our antagonist because she's being possessed uh which is a great twist while still honoring the trope itself Um, I feel like within that she gets, Vicki gets her arc in a sense of she's trying to, her herself is trying to escape from this very rigid religious upbringing and trying to find her own and through Mary Lou. whether she wants to or not she's kind of given permission to let go Mm -hmm. and uh behave in a way that she's never been able to um and so although it's not like a conscious arc of our i think it's a really great parallel between the two which i appreciate um oh yeah Hmm. Yeah,
0: I mean, we have some, like, really good, like, really fun kills. Um, I think we have some of those stereotype characters that we saw a lot in the 80s that ended up be, becoming, like, slasher tropes. Um, like, with our mean girls and with, um, you know, the best friend and with that nerdy guy who was gross. Um, that nerdy yeah, guy who was gross. Yeah, I don't. I didn't bother to learn his name. Um, I'm almost looking, like, 40, because I think... It operates better as a slasher than Child's Play does. Um, because right, which we... is
1: also a supernatural slasher.
0: Mm-hmm. And we get more, um, we just get more of a Final Girl, like, a Final Girl arc. Um, and, like, it just, like, I mean, Child's Play is supernatural, but, like, I think this movie does just as good of a job, if not better, with, like, the whole, the whole cat and mouse and the setup and, like, kind of hunting teasing your prey um i guess is what you would call it because mary lou is definitely like very good at that um man um and like it's interesting because we have some like character characters that are more developed than in some of these other movies like, iced and cold prey. like ice and cold prey Ooh, intruder i could see Ooh. right around there
1: yeah i mean it in a lot of ways it kind of feels in that realm of intruder
3: Mm -hmm. where you're
1: watching this movie and going this is an indie canadian slasher movie in both these instances that is taking inspiration from some of these bigger movies and you know intruder again 89 very end of the slasher boom It's like they they wanted their shot to try this out. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what both of these films feel like. And, you know, part of the reason why Intruder ranks so highly on our list is the fact that it has some incredible practical effects and you can see these although it's borrowing and feels very much like, you know, a starter film that's right. part of what's so magical about when it, it still
0: tries to be innovative which you know and like
1: it tries to be innovative within it which this movie definitely feels like it's following the blueprint obviously very well but it's trying to do something different with the parallels between uh you know the stereotypes of like the virgin final girl and a promiscuous bad girl who end up morphing into one character Mm. which is interesting and uh is making a statement that i think pulls it off for both characters
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i'd actually put it above intruder Mm mm-hmm But then I think it starts to lose out to these ones above that just because they're so... Like Night School and Hellfest, which are very well-rounded out slashers. Right, and they play into the tropes a little bit more um, and lean into those things a little more heavily. Yeah. Um, Cool. So Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 is our new number 37. Mm. Um, And then we want to give hannah and emma thank you so much for coming on and um it was just so fun to hear you guys gush about this movie and um and to really um i mean watching it for the first time and having my mind blown and then having it blown all over again by all the insights you guys um y'all had into it um which was just i love that and that's why we love having fans of the film on because you know like i I get asked on to every podcast to talk about Curse, and I'm I'm tired of talking about it. But I'm sure everyone's just like it's because Ryan knows everything about Cursed. and but like that's exactly right. why you know like <laughs> we wanted to have y'all on. It's like if you love it, we uh-huh. want to hear you talk about it. Um, so just thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Um, we truly appreciate it, and um, you know we're big fans of you, what you what y'all are doing, and like um, I think it's important. Oh yes, are. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's very very important. I I think it's um. We need more of it, and to see it from such a young crowd is really inspiring, um, and it gives me a lot of hope for the future of the genre. Um, um, and I, yeah, you guys just hit on a lot of levels that I think are um, just so integral to. I mean, it, it, the fact that it's independent film, um, the fact that it's uh, w- women filmmakers and, and queer filmmakers, and there's just so much representation. Um, that you you make it a point to like uh you know bring that out and i just think it's so important and i and thank you for the work that you guys that you that you're doing um Aww.
3: where what thank can
0: you. we where, oh yeah <laughs> um where where can we support you where can we find you um tell tell listeners where where to check you all out um yeah because everyone needs to go follow support subscribe all, all of the things
3: yeah so we have a website monstrousfemfilms.com and that's kind of our hub where you can find links to our films so fanatico our neo Jalo is streaming on altar and kim calypso is on our vimeo and um we're on twitter at monstrous instagram at monstrousfemfilms, films and currently we are crowdfunding via seed and spark for our next film baby fever um, and we're trying to raise 8K with a stretch goal of 10K by the 30th of October. Uh, we've got a lot of really cool incentives, including the Monstrous Femme sweatshirt that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> um, so Rare. If you, <laughs> um, you want to support our work there, uh, that's fund fund baby fever. And then my uh, social media handle is Hannah Film.
2: And then, uh, yeah, I'm at python patsy at on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. So, um, no, my name is not Patsy. I just love Patsy Klein. It's the only reason. so I was going to get
3: asked. you always forget yeah. your podcast
2: i I do. I literally did this yeah, forgot that i I've been on hiatus for my podcast and we're we're recording this week, and I keep forgetting I have a podcast to tell people about. Um, but I do have a podcast. Thank you, Hannah. Um, <laughs> it's called To Die For. That's D Y E. And we do, uh, we basically analyze horror through a feminist lens, but specifically through the lens of costume design. So we kind of pick apart, uh, you know, iconic horror characters and films uh, through what they wear and what that can tell us um, about the film and about the character's story and plot and motives and all that kind of juicy stuff. Um, and so. You can find us on Instagram at to die for podcast and on Twitter at or at die podcast. Yeah, that's the Twitter one. So, yeah, you can check that out, too, if you uh, feel like it. <laughs>
1: that's awesome. And then, yeah, I will um, on our socials. I'll have all these links and on the website, too. So if you guys go to keep streaming and, you know, go to all the links that you normally go to, I'll link everything up so you guys can find our stuff and find, um, find out what these ladies are up to
0: yes um so thank you again and to all of our listeners we'll be back in two weeks with a movie we haven't decided yet uh, but we'll let you no, know we as soon decided. As we oh we decided is it um <laughs> it's the um, one
1: that we were gonna do but this uh you favorite.
0: might be the killer we're gonna do you yeah might be there the killer. You go. yeah uh brett simmons you might be the killer um so we'll be back in two weeks for that and until then keep screaming